0: What's going on here? We got a show to do. What is this? Come on, let's go. Hello and welcome to Unfunny Nerd Tangent, the podcast that reminds you there are still drugs in the fucking robot. This is Studio 54, oh, excuse me, Episode 54, and our return to the gorgeous ladies of wrestling with our Season 2 review of glow i'm your host greg normally aka captain boomerang but in the glow tradition of mount fuji and machu picchu you can call me kosiosko look it up Uh, anyway while i sit here battling what might technically be pneumonia with me to help no sell today's topic is a clusterfuck worthy of a vince russo finish first up in phoenix arizona he is the unified kosher deli champion a man who has had more broken bones than ruth has more illegitimate children than Sam and better hair than Bash. One day, he'll be a producer and take us all to Vegas, but until then, he's far from over. He's our very own super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz.
1: I, I don't have any hair.
0: Oh, it's almost like it's a joke. Shitty, <laughs> shitty Australia jokes. Yeah, well, but, yeah, that's what you get. So, from Calgary... Alberta, Canada, the new official chef of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. A man dripping with maple syrup, he's come here looking for a shot at the main event, yet in all likelihood he'll end up jerking the curtain with the rest of us. He can perform a sharpshooter and The Walls of Jericho in his sleep and leaves everyone who tastes his food stratified. Once the show is is over, he and I are going to high-five about free healthcare and gun control. He's crazy for you, Craig DeCruz. Hi, everybody. How's it going, A? (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) we got the the A out of the way (laughs) Uh, our next guest was the infamous third man on beer runs with Jake the Snake and Scott Hall mostly because he was the only one willing to actually run anywhere he's the face that runs the place the champ who'll fund your camp he walks more miles than the proclaimers and is yet to start an on-screen money feud with his brother but he might even turn his upcoming stroll down the aisle into a beep test he's going to the chapel and he's going to get married it's the founder and proprietor of the steel cage podcast network mr joshua schlag wow there's a lot of truth in there
1: can i just say i'm disappointed that your wedding is not going to occur in a wrestling ring like after seeing that i I really wanted that
2: i I actually pitched for a money in the bank briefcase to be involved at one
0: point but
1: yeah (laughs) oh somebody brings the ring down in a money in the bank briefcase that would have been awesome
0: (laughs) Oh, more fantasy booking
1: fantasy booking Josh's <laughs> wedding yeah <laughs> yeah that
0: probably needs to stop um, sure <laughs> it's cancelled it's off uh, but finally of course soon to main event the all women's aunt only on pay-per-view which will basically be herself our Aussie friend Stacy and Tim in a dress <laughs> teaching Abom Adam Hess how to escape the friend zone she's the undisputed <laughs> sheep wolf champion of the universe And in an unfortunate side effect of giving everyone a soundtrack-related intro today, she is the warrior? Anyway, it's to herself, Flo.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: (laughs) Good. Well,
1: none of us got given the impossible task of teaching Adam how to get out of the friend zone. So, better than
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Adam. Anyway. (laughs) Not uh, poor Adam. uh, It's not poor Adam. And he's here. We've wanted to have him on for a while now. We finally made it happen. The most hated man in all of podcasting. He knows what boys like. Our very own Vicky the Viking, Mr. Sprung, has arrived. I'm finally here on Unfunny Nerd Tangents, and it's a dream come true. I know we've been going back and forth like, you guys hate me. It's all a joke, but
4: we're all good friends. It's all in good fun. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to finally be on the show.
1: (laughs) yeah fuck that we're not having sprung on what the fuck did you think we were gonna let him talk hell no he's fired oh thanks for one. that
0: Whew. anyway all right craig welcome to our terrible show uh <laughs> would, you, would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself
4: Jeez, um from calgary like you said uh, i'm a chef in real life uh, love wrestling been listening to you guys for years um met uh Josh and Danny in line at WrestleMania grabbing beers. Um, yeah, I've just been a huge, huge wrestling fan, monster nerd. So it's good to be on the nerd podcast. It's um, <laughs> about it.
0: You, you say that now, but yeah. <laughs> 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 but yes. Um, so obviously, we're talking about Glow today, and and, and season two has rolled around. But uh, Josh, you weren't on our first glow show i just wondering what your what your thoughts were on season one
2: oh uh yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed season one i thought it was a a lot of fun um I, I like i i like what it did as far as kind of introducing pro wrestling and like kitschy pro wrestling uh to probably a vast new audience via netflix i really appreciated the work they did uh balancing like you know the little Easter eggs for us wrestling fans and that type of thing. That was, that was kind of my big takeaway. I thought it was pretty well balanced. I, I like the the drama, the comedy, everything they did.
0: Cool and uh, and Craig, since you obviously didn't get a chance to uh, chime in on on season one, how did you feel that went over when you first uh, when you first saw it?
4: Uh, same thing. I really enjoyed the just how they made wrestling. Seem way more fun and interesting to people that might think that it's, you know, um, boring and lame. I guess you can say the people that don't actually like what we love. But um, it's it's one of those things where it, I know that a lot of people that I know that per se didn't watch wrestling after seeing Glow because it was on Netflix um, were a lot more interested in what the current product looked like and was. And with the whole women's revolution, evolution thing. <laughs> They really um, like that. I guess you can say it like how it how it progressed from the '80s to now, right?
0: Cool. Yeah. it, um, it, it is good to they they definitely brought it out at the right time. Um, where if you, you for for actual wrestling fans, you're watching um, the women's evolution on 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 actual wrestling programming, and then you've got Glow as well, which is kind of uh, where you see the the struggles of the women uh in the 80s and stuff like that but in a different uh, way so yeah. yeah i think um the probably more best better timing on netflix part than wwe i don't think they would have organized it like that but it worked out pretty well uh so let's get into it then season two starts and um straight away vicky the viking gets fired by sam and we get introduced to a new junk chain character in Yolanda, the breakdancing lesbian stripper. Jared, who booked this shit? Uh, That seems
1: like a Russo one, but I I, I don't even know that he's that far out there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like when when I was writing down notes for the show, I'm like, fucking hell, that is, yeah. It didn't seem that sort of weird and outrageous when you're watching the show, but yeah, when you see it in black and white, it's like, hmm. But in in all seriousness, though, Jared, Uh, any thoughts on the new character, Yolanda? Like, do you think there was even a need for a new character since we already have so many?
1: No, I like the idea of having a new character. With shows like this, you have to switch it up at least a little bit. You have to bring in some new blood. I know you can kind of focus more on other characters, but bringing something new and fresh in a second season is needed. So I like the character. I don't know that I like the idea that she came in as the replacement Junk Chain. Um, I think that would have worked better had the original Junk Chain come back later in the season rather than so quickly. We were like, what, episode three when she was back? Like, it would have just been better to have her as a new character altogether.
0: Yeah, it did seem like they were going to carry on the sort of uh, the conflict with her being the outsider in in the group for a while. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, Cherry's back. Here she is. She yep. comes back as uh, what was it, black magic or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I maybe I think, could have stretched I that think out.
4: That, uh, I think that her coming in was a good thing to help the Beirut character. Really, I think that was really a good. Um, it kind of helped her come out of her, I guess you could say, comfort zone, and then she kind of
1: and just kind of come out,
4: but turned into a lesbian. Yeah, so she came out, and but it was. I think it was more so to help. Um, Build the Beirut character for to, to have more depth to her. I guess you can say.
1: Yeah, it it definitely worked out. Beirut develop and grow, and you know we were talking about you know just using additional, the current characters. They used her to help grow Beirut, and that works as just growth in the story, letting you see more of a learn more about a character. So we got a new character and more development for an existing one who didn't get much in season one. So I think that worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did. um, That was probably the main purpose of her character, in a sense, I guess. Obviously, um, besides like just the obvious comedy stuff, but but yeah, I I thought they did do a good job with that, with uh, her and Beirut, and just their sort of side story. Um, But with Beirut as well, Flo, just wondering what you thought of uh, like originally in the show, it's her idea, but she kind of gets it stolen where that we get a gimmick change <laughs> like mid-match with the uh, the old bitties kind of stealing Beirut's idea and they switch uh, during the show to to become the toxic twins I just sort of wonder how you felt that one went
3: um I mean it it definitely worked because it added it it added kind of more conflict to Beirut's character for sure um yeah I mean I mean it just it, I wasn't it wasn't a surprising um, thing that happened. I guess it—it it was kind of like, oh, well of course she's gonna have a problem doing this, you know, because she has this great idea, and then someone steals it and they make it probably even better than she would have—she um, would have made it herself. Um, so yeah, it just it adds more conflict and, and depth to, to her character, um, and then then it it gets more interesting when um, Yolanda gets introduced as well as kind of a love interest for her. I was actually really distracted because the, uh, the whole strip club scene what took, takes place in a place called Cheetahs, which is right down the street from me. And I know that because I've been there. <laughs> they have bands play there, so.
1: Sure, sure, that's yeah. why you were there. Yeah, we yep. believe you. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go. Uh, uh, re- re- read Playboys for the interviews too,
3: yeah. <laughs> Wait Wait, what? What what
1: what? never mind. Never mind. All <laughs> joke. Yeah. I
0: don't oh, is that a Jared joke? Can we use that one? Is that a hashtag Jared joke or
1: No, that's not, an actual or... joke, the long standing joke is we play boys yeah. for the articles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um I just wonder how you guys felt with this um this season as well, in the sense that I, I was maybe expecting a bit more character stuff or insight into some of the other characters uh as opposed to just sort of Debbie and Ruth and Sam and all that sort of thing. Um, especially like Sheila, I thought season one, they sort of did a good job setting her up and sort of teased a couple of story points that they could go here, they could go there. And then the season two, there's sort of just again, all the background girls are pretty much just background girls, except for one or two little moments. Did you guys have any one that you sort of wanted to see more from or, or expected more from?
1: I don't know. I, I feel like that, um, that I'm blanking on her name. Um, it, it's not New York. What do they call her? Um, Oh, she's got like the, the, the Jersey girl attitude. Uh, what are they? Call, I'm blanking uh, on her name. What? Uh, Melrose. 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 That's, that's it. Yeah. Like I thought maybe something more with her cause she didn't get much last season, um, would be good. Um, I thought doing more with Machu Picchu would be good because you know she's got the real wrestling background. to tie into that a little yeah. more. They, they made it work in the season finale, but you know I would have liked to see more with her. But you know, we, did, go
4: ahead. They, they they did stuff with Melrose. She had the poop baby. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes. so she just keeps getting like gross baby uh, <laughs> comedy bits. She had yeah. the like the fake. Um, uh, what do you call it the the fake miscarriage last last season which uh i, when I mentioned they thought they might have been a, a really eerie foreshadowing at one point but they never went there which is probably bad or, uh, for the best and yeah, now she's got the poop baby
2: <laughs> yeah they did I'm, give us
0: that song though so that was cool
2: <laughs> i'm uh i'm kind of with you though like just you know maybe wanting to see a little bit more character development and you know even possibly like a focus on the characters. And and I know maybe it's almost a little cookie cutter from like what Genji's done with other shows like Orange is the New Black, for example. Uh, They did a lot of those, but a lot of those ones where they did like deep dives on a specific person's backstory and who they are and what made them, you know, what got them to this point. Like those were some of the best episodes. Uh, So I I would not have minded some more of that. And I don't know, maybe it's it's a little bit the format with like the really short seasons that they do. Um, I don't know if they're gonna continue doing that with season three but they, it seems yeah. like they're a little limited they they didn't want to go too far down that route yeah. yeah it
3: seems like I mean the episodes the episodes are super short and the whole season kind of reads like one giant movie instead of an actual TV show because I, I honestly couldn't tell you like when an episode started and like stopped um just in the whole grand scheme of things because I watched it all together yeah. um but it seems like with with shows like orange the orange is the new black and everything like that they deep dive into kind of the secondary characters further on in like the later seasons um i for like the first usually the first season is obviously about the main characters but even the second season is usually kind of more focused on focused on that because it's um i feel like what they what they're doing is like the first season is a way to like establish like this is the show these are the characters these are the conflicts that they experience and then usually it kind of resolves at the end of the first season but they leave it open ended because who knows if it's going to get um, renewed for a second season yeah. then the second season that's when like the continuous story like the, the long term continuous story starts because they're like okay now we know that we can like keep going with this so hopefully in the third season um, we'll get more character development into those secondary characters
1: yeah and, and- yeah. That's a good point, you know, with the, with the episode length and the quick seasons. You know, they did a lot of different things with this. Like, they did the one episode that was just the show. Like it, they, That was cool. They, yeah. I, I thought that was really good. So, you know, awesome. with, with all the shows that do these, like, side character deep dives and stuff, they're trying to do something a little different, and I'm okay with that. Because if they just followed everybody else's formula and did the Orange is the New Black thing, they get compared to that too much now. They're they're it's kind of standing on its own. It's not one of those standard, you know, multi-multi or ensemble cast pieces where they deep dive into everything. It's you know the focus is on the key people, which is you know fairly standard for a sitcom. And you know we're staying with you know there also happens to be the better performers on the show. You've got Allison Brie and Mark Maron and. I'm trying to remember who plays Debbie, but you know, they're the stronger performers. So, and the story really yeah. is from episode one on, it's about them. This is kind of their story. You know, Ruth is the driving force of the show. So mm-hmm. getting too much off track to, to the side characters could detract from that. So,
3: so it, it's- That's, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was gonna say that's really interesting because i'm now like we're th- i'm thinking orange is the new black um i forget the name of the main character in that but like her story has become secondary now because well, she got people-
1: annoying Piper got annoyed. yeah
3: well yeah. exactly exactly because they i mean they like push her story to the side and now it's kind of like that's not the main big conflict in the show and people are more worried about these other characters and so yeah it's really it's interesting what they're doing and like Um, that's a good point. Like, I kind of hope they do stay on track with the main story and they don't totally diverge into something new. That would be, that'd be great.
1: I I do like when they, they, they're getting tidbits of these characters and we get character Mm -hmm. development on the side. Like we we did get, you know, the stuff with Beirut. We have seen stuff, you know, they do some stuff with Cherry where, you know, forming a family, her trying to go off and do something else and struggling, you know, there is that. And, Yet maybe a little bit more of it would be good, but I don't think they're, I don't really have a complaint that they're not doing enough of it. I think think sprinkling it in sporadically is actually a good way to handle it with, you know, the pacing of this show. Because that's the big thing is the pacing seems really good with what they're doing now.
4: Yeah, I think that even with what they're doing with like, you know, say Welfare Queen, kind of showing her and she has a son and kind of they talked about her background very like for 30 seconds but i think what they're trying to do is like give you info on their backgrounds really fast but show their present day struggles or accomplishments which in the time frame that you have per episode with the amount of with the amount of characters that they have they're kind of doing a good job of just piecemealing certain characters and giving them a little bit of a story and then they go on to the next character and then they keep up with the main story that's going on throughout the show.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like there's anybody who's been like totally neglected by it. I mean, really, if you wanted to say anybody was, it was probably the, uh, or it the twisted sisters? Is that what they're? Yeah. The biddies. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. They didn't get much, but they got that one key thing of stealing the gimmick idea, gimmick change idea. Yeah. And yeah, so, so they had something. It's not they're just there in the background the whole season.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I, I just felt like they they sort of set up, like Sheila, I mean, I, they sort of set up some stuff, some potential kind of character stuff with her in the first season, and it's a, it seems like it might have all just been dropped. Like the whole, you know, like she sleeps with the wig and, and all that and, and just where she sort of lives her gimmick in a sense and things and they thought oh they're probably going to get into that at some point but they just they didn't which I mean it's fine it's not really a detraction from the show but I just I just thought it was a bit odd maybe they've got a big board of stuff they wanted to do and I mean you guys said they can't sort of fit everything in
1: and they did touch on some of that like she was very offended at somebody else like trying to steal her look like dressing like a fan like she didn't like that but then we saw a little little glimpse of she accepted it in that battle Royal at the finale. She kind of liked it more. So it could be something that's going to carry over into next season as well, where, mm-hmm. you know, you see a little bit here and there with her
0: and you don't have to do a full deep dive on it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't anything where I, I would shit on it. Uh, but yeah, just, it, you know, I just, I, for some reason I thought we might see a little bit more from, from, uh, some of the side characters or, or more from the ones that we didn't see necessarily. Like we saw uh, welfare queen and et cetera. Um, I feel
1: like last season we got a lot with Sheila. This season we got more with Britannica. We got some more with welfare queen. We got Beirut. So you're not going to get them all in, in a 10 episode half hour format. It's yeah, just not going to happen. So so somebody's going to have to fall back and we know it's not going to be Sam, Ruth or Debbie. They're going to be the mm. vocal ones. So,
0: well, speaking of those three, which one do you want to touch on first? Uh, any 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 uh, choices, Josh? You got a you got a go, preference? Let's
2: go with Sam. Yeah. I, right. I, I came to really like what Mark, Mark Mark Maron brought to the table this season in particular.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. well, his his relationship with his uh, newly found daughter Justine is probably the major part of his mm-hmm. season two storyline. Uh, yeah, it's sort of again. It seems like it's going one way, then it sort of doesn't. I don't know. It 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 is very like the story is there, but it it is a timing thing. I, I feel as well. Like you guys said, it's just yeah. They they either need more episodes or maybe less subplots. It's sort of one. I think if you're gonna start these subplots, you kind of need to have a bit more time devoted to them. But yeah, it works. I you know, Sam Sam. <laughs>
1: Same Sam, but there was a lot of good growth with him, I feel like. You know, one of the things we keep seeing and we saw in season one we talked about this is that he's pretty progressive in his attitudes. Like when he's at the strip club and realizes Beirut's with uh, Melinda, he just goes, yeah, okay, good for you.
2: He's like, "Oh, man, that's cute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and he's just like, just don't talk. We just don't need to talk about us being here. Or don't make this weird. I can't remember what he said, but it was just something like, yeah, we're just... I don't care, but, you know, I also don't care.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, she like, wave at him or something, he's like, oh, no, like, don't... <laughs> we're not yeah, no, no. I, like,
1: When he's like, just don't take your top off.
0: <laughs> gives him a couple bucks, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave, your,
2: keep it on till I leave.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then she just, you know, gives him a good ribbing about, oh, come on, you're no fun. It, it But we just keep seeing that with him, with, you know, even with um, the daughter, he's just not he's not like overprotective. He's pretty, you know, she's going to concerts and stuff. He's like, yeah, whatever. You know, the dress thing for the formal, he, he doesn't really care. And you see, he actually cares that she's happy. Like he's trying to make her happy and get her involved. Like he's trying to get her in on the show. And that last moment where he's like, finish your
0: screenplay
1: type thing. He, he goes, you know,
0: yeah, finish yours. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: you know, I I thought there was just good growth with him there. And he's just, you know, last season he seemed like such an asshole for so much of it, but now he's becoming the likable asshole.
0: There is Even one. So. There, there is one line where I thought, like, oh wow, that's really good. Like at one point he just looks at Justine, he's like, "Don't leave," like this. Like he kind of says it in a yeah. as if he's pissed off, but it's also like he's, it, it is very genuine in the way he says it as well. So I thought he really did a good job with that. Just that bit in particular stuck out to me.
3: I really liked the part when she comes back with like um, like a cut on her head because she got in the fight, and then he um, he gets like the first aid stuff out, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and then you just uh, here you go, and he just like hands it to her so he can. <laughs> it it was it was like so much his character. It was it was really good because it was like he was being he was being thoughtful yet an asshole at the same time. He's really good at that. He, he can't figure. Mark he, good.
1: He yeah. cares about these people. He just can't figure out how to show it in a, in a real way. Like exactly. it, it only goes so far. He's like, it, "Oh, it, you're hurt. Let me help, but not help too much because
3: yeah. <laughs> don't want to get too attached yeah. or too close."
1: He showed
4: it really well when uh, they were at that dance and she was going to leave for New York, and when he was with uh, Rosalie, her mother or whatever. And when she was, he's like, what are you going to do? Just, just pack up and leave. And she's like, yeah. And he, and she's like, why do you give a fuck about me? And he's like, that's the problem. Why do you give a fuck about, you know, what everyone thinks, think about yourself and your future. And I thought that was a good turning point for his character where he, um, just kind of said what was on his mind and how he felt to his daughter and kind of did the best parenting thing he could have done at that time. It's just like, you know, think about, your future and stop thinking about what Billy wants and, you know, being, being second fiddle, think about you first. And I thought that was a really good part
0: of the show. Yeah. Cause you can tell that Sam has done all that sort of rebellion stuff in his, his youth. He would be the guy that's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. i am pack up all my stuff and go. And then a day later, it's like, Oh shit. I've got <laughs> no money. I'm sleeping on the, in the car, all that kind of stuff. So when he sort of lays that out to Justine, that was pretty cool. So,
1: and, and he's also got like you see little glimmers of stuff with him with like when ruth breaks her ankle or yeah she broke it and mm-hmm. her boyfriend i can't remember his name carries her out Russell. Ru- when and russell's Russell. carrying her out and he's it's like i could have done it i could have carried her I, you know <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah. it's like yeah you're feeling a little threatened right now because i think we keep seeing the that at some point ruth and sam are getting together it's just bound about
0: yeah. yeah i don't know how you guys feel about that but i'm sort of real like i don't know i feel that's a bit tacked on like i i like the russell stuff i thought um it, just the way that like at first they're all like oh he's the creepy camera guy and it's like but then he's actually like this really nice guy yeah. and like and stuff, and but I just thought the Ruth and Sam stuff was a little bit of a stretch. Like I don't know. Yeah.
3: I, I, I... I I don't know how to feel about it because it's like, like character wise, like it, it it's like he's more like, like a father figure. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's just it's really strange, and it kind it was it reminded me of the whole thing where like he almost made out with Justine, <laughs> yeah. in the first season. So it's just. It, I don't know all of his all of his stuff is very very strange very like like I I don't know I just don't know how to feel about that if it happens
0: I I then the the main thing I do like about it to be fair I think it works from a perspective where Sam is just being a dick and basically being that guy that like he doesn't he doesn't want Ruth but he doesn't want anyone else to have her so like he might sort of think like, oh, oh, who cares? But then he sees Russell with with Ruth, and that's when he's sort of like, she's with the cameraman. Like, this is bullshit. Like, and so he maybe feels like because he's the director, he should, uh, I don't know, not not that he's entitled to to be with Ruth because of that, but just how he his sort of director asshole nature kicks in, and then it's like, oh, I'm just gonna fuck things up. So, mm-hmm. like that sort of works for me a bit, but I don't know. Just it, it's every show. You know, like, they have to do the, ah. Uh, oh, they don't like each other, they don't get on, and these two that you don't think will end up together end up together. It's just like, oh, God, can we just have something different for once? Like, it doesn't have to be the same. Like, you, you, your two leads necessarily don't always have to end up together. So, I don't know. I Yeah. It, it just, I didn't hate it, but I just thought, ah oh, okay, we go on that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so. i i, I kind of hope that was the end of that story <laughs> to be honest yeah
1: yeah i wouldn't mind if it was the end but i think i think they may keep like teasing the idea of them getting together but whether you, you have to debate whether it's a you know if they're flirting it into each other or it's just that's they care about each other and and that mentor mentee type yeah because you see it you know Sam clearly cares about her because you know when she gets hurt he's like you can the final episode. He's like, you can direct, and he gets her more involved. And then he surprises her at the last minute with, "You're winning this." Yes. So you can tell he's got, there's a genuine affection there. How much of that is the same thing where he just is trying to nurture and mentor versus is he actually interested?
0: They do try to um, like they just kind of almost repeat themselves a little bit in the start of the season where. I felt like they tried to set Sam up as a villain again, like someone for the girls to kind of overcome early on uh, where he's sort of strolling in and it's like, I don't need any of you. He fires Vicky, you know, like you're all um, expendable, all this kind of thing. And you think, oh, here we go. It's going to be sort of like the, you know, the women rise up against this, this asshole guy type thing. But then again, he turns babyface in a sense with a controversial moment that involves Ruth. (laughs) It's the same sort of thing. Like last year, it was the abortion and this year it's his reaction which is priceless to me but it's his reaction when he learns how the sponsor or the uh, the TV executive guy whoever it is like basically tries to coerce Ruth into sleeping with him like that then if you sort of were if anyone was kind of uh leaning against Sam and thinking oh he's being an asshole and all this that moment then Brings you all the way back and you're like, no, we're on his side again. Yeah, smash his window and all that kind of stuff.
4: And it's funny that like in a way, Sam's character and Debbie's character towards Ruth are the same person in a way, right? Like they there's always some sort of anxiety and they all play off each other in a way. But then like you would think Sam's reaction to what happened to Ruth from that TV executive would be the reaction that debbie actually had and vice versa right so you you wouldn't think that debbie would be the one that would have um shat on her for not sleeping with the guy you almost would have thought sam would have been that one that would have been like that like you screwed it up for everybody you know
0: yeah i i like that reversal though because i think it says a lot more i think it's a lot more powerful in a sense by having Debbie be the one that's like oh you ruined everything like this is yeah. how it works like come on because like that's so tragic for it you was know,
3: It was, a, for, for it was kind like of that. a reminder we were in we were still in the 80s yeah yeah
0: and <laughs> yeah. I just think like that's almost like oh my god like how sad is that that that's the, that that's what Debbie thinks like that's how the game is played type thing and she's sort of just willing to accept it like she's almost been broken by this sort of Hollywood uh, system yeah. and yeah but and and then i guess it gives you with sam being the one that's like oh fuck that guy and he smashes his his uh windscreen and all that and <laughs> i i like the little moment with the the, the um is it greg the TV
1: is that his name uh, glenn. glenn glenn glenn
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just like ah, oh, he's got lots of enemies. Could have been anyone. Like, <laughs> happens a lot around here. <laughs> yeah, the guy's just got no commitment to anything. He's just like such a pussy. Just like oh, oh I didn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah with sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, you know, we're, we're touching on you know the the role with, with Debbie and Sam, and it, it's this season. Debbie is really a villain, like. She she's like off the deep end, you know, she breaks Ruth's ankle. She's you you can see that she's upset at Ruth's happiness and success at the end of the season. You know, even with her uh, ex, she's like pretty spiteful with when he asked what kind of bet it was, she sells everything in the house and just kind of goes ballistic. Like she I just feel like she's setting up to be the one that nobody likes.
0: Yeah, well that meltdown in the house uh, where she said she's getting drunk and selling everything. But then she like, she forgets to pick her son up from daycare. It's like, Oh, look out like that. Just sort of it. Yeah. It it is straddling that line of like, Oh, poor Debbie. And then oh fuck Debbie. Like it's kind of, it it does. It, she really is going back and forth between being likable and unlikable.
1: And the way she kind of forces herself into the producer role, like, yeah she kind of knows all the other girls are hung out to dry with their contracts that are shit and she just forces it so that she's the producer because she's the star of the show which she kind of forced on there too so
0: yeah again i guess that sort of shows how she's so much uh, like she's been smartened up to the whole hollywood tv movie system than all the other girls the other girls are just like oh just turn up and do what we need to do where she's like this is how it works you got to get in you got to you know she's the one doing the politics um which is which is good being that it's a wrestling show yeah well in a sense it's about wrestling (laughs) (laughs) but did you like the like flow did you what do you think about debbie mainly about the the um I just wondered what you thought about her, like when she sort of is spiraling out of control, and then she like finds the coke, which is uh, Sam's coke, and then which just flips her out, and she gets real aggressive in the ring and breaks Ruth's leg. Like, just wonder what you thought about all that.
3: Um, I mean, it it was I think it was the wake up call that her character needed, probably because then after that, you know, they they have the big fight in the hotel in the hospital, and and after that, like, they're like Ruth and Debbie are kind of even because Ruth I mean, you know, she kind of fucked her over in the first season, but Debbie Debbie was the one who fucked everyone over in this season. So it it kind of evened everything out. Like she she had to go through all of that shit to get to the point that she ended up in um so I I mean, I think it it nothing nothing was really surprising about it. It it worked out it worked out well in the story, I think.
0: Yeah, that's yep. um, that's kind of that hospital scene. That's kind of like the main event to their feud, in a sense, if you look at it from, uh, like, instead of wrestling matches, it's just character stuff and storylines. Like, that all builds to that moment. So mm-hmm. that sort of, like, verbal explosion, like, that just it goes nuts. So that was a really good scene. And then, of course, you know, Sam chimes in at the end. It's like, oh, we all heard it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like people upstairs heard it or whatever it is. says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we might as well talk about Ruth then, since it's sort of segueing between the sort of three main characters. I got, like I said it in the last show, but this season again, I still got that major Shelley Long vibe from Alison Brie. Um, so I, I'm I'm positive now that it's on purpose. So I don't know whether you guys uh, think she's still trying to channel kind of Diane from Cheers or not. But I, I mean, I like it. I think it works. I think it works perfectly. But I just wanted if you guys sort of noticed more of that this season, or whether it's just me. Eh,
1: I, I don't think I ever really noticed it and when you said this last time. I think I kind of had the same reaction then.
0: Yeah, I guess I need Derek for this one. <laughs> Derek is the is, guy, or Danny. That is not a character
3: <laughs> I am familiar with, so well, can't right. say too much. <laughs> but I I love Ruth because she's so weird and awkward, and her she like she's she's definitely you know she's definitely the baby face, and she's doing everything just you know for the the family because she found something that she really liked. And she wants to keep it together. And um, the you know, she's she's a go-getter and she the way she goes about things, I I don't know. She, I, I love I love that she is so weird and awkward. I like that about her character a lot. So
1: and, and I really like that that with her character, and then also the fact that she breaks her ankle so she comes up with, with the twin with a gimpy leg. That, that part of that episode when she's traveling on goat through the, so through the world i was <laughs> laughing it was like what yeah. the fuck but anyway it it's
3: so it's so funny because it's like it's so ridiculous but like and people you know who don't watch wrestling they're like this is the most ridiculous thing but like that shit like that ridiculous factor is so prominent in actual wrestling it so i was just yeah. like this is this is perfect because this yeah. is like basically a taste of the real thing. I mean, you know, like with the highlights of it, but it was just, it was, it was hilarious.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at Matt Hardy would have been sitting there going, Oh, look at it.
3: Like, <laughs> delightful. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
3: And it, it was, it was really cool because like it, it kind of highlighted the fact like when someone gets an injury in wrestling, like the whole storyline has to change and they have to, they have to come up with something to keep that injured person relevant. and, that's what they did and so it was just like this happens all the time
0: yeah you're the commissioner now all that kind of stuff yeah special referee what was austin the sheriff or something at one point like yeah all that sort of like i can be there but i can't do anything yeah Mm -hmm. so uh i would just like to say the quick note We, we did mention the um the sort of meta show about the show i just thought as well we can't really go past, like, the the, the PSA that they did. <laughs> like, the whole, the whole it, if a man offers you candy, it's a trap. Like, don't kidnap, all that sort of stuff. Like, I just thought, like, oh, man. Like, it was such, like, a shitty PSA, but it just worked perfectly for, for the show, especially with, like, Sam and, and the way Ruth is. Like, oh, this will be a great idea.
4: <laughs> I just love, I loved how Sam and Bash showed up as the kidnappers in the music video, like clapping and singing about not kidnapping, it was very like
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> mustaches and the trench coats. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just thought, oh, another. Like, I would, I would really love to see if they could, if they could do it. Where, like, season, probably not so much now because of the way like the the story ends up in this season. But it would be awesome to have, like, say, season two of Glow as the show that we've watched where you know it's the, the, the actual show and then there's like a side series which is the the episodes of the show that yeah. they've done and do, you do you like sort three of bonus it.
1: episodes
3: like yeah yeah
0: like it would be and here's the actual show you could watch it and then yeah because like you would, every, you would see every stuff other
3: episode like,
0: or something yeah like oh that's oh, where they're cool. fighting and like the intentionally like quote-unquote like the bad acting or the the moments that have gone wrong in the, in the shoot, like where you would be like, yeah, that's because she broke her leg or, or, or whatever. So yeah. that would be really interesting to see whether they could do something like that, but money and time, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, this is a topic I wanted to talk about. Cause we sort of brought it up on the last show we did as well about bash. So on the last, I mean, he got a major storyline stuff in this season probably more than anyone else besides debbie and and ruth so on our last uh episode where we covered season one i brought up the idea or the question rather to you guys about like is bash gay due to that private little eyeshadow moment before the the sort of the their main show in, in the last episode of season one and then derek brought up the fact as well that uh, all the all the outfits and stuff that he had like just in his house like here you go ladies and like well, where did they all come from he's just got all these like <laughs> women's outfits in his in his closet um i think we could pretty much say that that question's been answered by season 2 but then again has it so <laughs> it's well, still a bit ambiguous so what's going on with bash in season 2
1: well It's almost like he took the opportunity with Britannica that he does like her, that it was the good, she's the beard. They're both going to get something out of it. And then they didn't actually state where if you weren't really aware of kind of what went on in the 80s with AIDS, you wouldn't quite get that reference that when his uh, butler died, they're like, it was pneumonia, but you may have trouble with... Uh, funeral homes taking this body it's Uh like oh that was aids like like that was the cover story for a lot of aids deaths was oh died of pneumonia
2: bleaching everything in
0: the house and all that stuff like well that's the thing as well because that's where they get away with it though because technically yeah you don't die of aids you do die of pneumonia or something else it's like it's just yeah Yeah. exactly so it's always like oh he didn't die of aids he had pneumonia Uh, i I I guess like
2: the the question for me is like did he actually have relations with his butler or was it kind of like you know he was heading in that direction and then i don't know things happened with them and they you know he went off and did his thing and all that so like maybe he never really truly came out um obviously machu picchu knows but like i don't know it's it's interesting it's it's really tragic
3: does she because like the a question with machu picchu is um is is she actually maybe she likes bash maybe she's in love with him but, yeah, I, think so. but uh, I, I thought that was I mean,
1: pretty pretty clear
3: but yeah. maybe she does <laughs> I that, like that. i so yeah so her her whole whole thing is that's kind of ambiguous for me i don't i think that he just hasn't come out i don't think he has had relationship like a relationship with uh, um, with Florian as Butler, I think that he he just doesn't he didn't understand the like um, The love that he had for him and I mean that's prob and that's probably why he jumped at Mary um, To marry Britannica because yeah. I mean he he was like, oh like, you know we can I can get rid of these feelings if I just if I marry marry her and I'll make this right for her and it'll be right for me, you know, yeah. so mm. I don't think he went that far in his relationship with him but who knows
0: there is a there, there is a big case to argue that that yeah that he isn't gay or that at least he doesn't realize it like you said flow like um or that even didn't even understand initially that maybe even florian was gay either because you think about bash like he is very aloof and he's like coked up a lot as well so <laughs> um and like when you look at that scene the way he reacts in the gay bar when the bartender hits on him he's sort of that's like the reaction of someone who doesn't really understand what's happening and he's sort of like what's going on and like so maybe he's kind of in like a denial type setup or he just doesn't yeah and like if, if he is gay is he trying not to be by marrying uh, uh britannia so it's sort of like oh no and and a lot of that could be to do with that whole age thing that we brought up before like just that i mean like you said before jared like younger viewers might not they're gonna skip a lot of that because well it's like that reaction of or it can be one of two things either they're not gonna get it and go i don't understand it but then i i could also see people sort of seeing like bash's reaction to florian's death and especially like the bleaching of these house and the burning of everything like that, like, today, that seems like, oh, man, like, that is super harsh and, like, what what is wrong with yeah. this guy? But you have to remember in, what, 84, 85, no one knew shit about AIDS and that was the reaction that a lot of people had. It's okay. like, oh, don't touch anything. Like, it was like the plague almost. Like, obviously now we know a lot more about it, but. I mean, even, no, in I, na-
1: even in 92 when Magic Johnson came out with HIV, like, there was still like paranoia in the locker rooms. Like they, he would have still been playing in the NBA had mm. not been for like, kind of the fear of, you know, all that. Like it was, you know, even in the early nineties, it was still not well known. There were still so many myths and misconceptions about it. Like, you know, and the other thing is, is the way they referenced it in this, it was, if you didn't know that history, yeah. you didn't get it. Like, I had to explain to Sam, you know, what was going on. She's like, "I'm like, whoa, that was a big thing." And She's like, "What, what, what was that?" Because when I reacted to the, oh, he died, the um, pneumonia in the funeral home thing, I'm like, oh and she's like, "Why are you <laughs> saying that?" Yeah. I'm like, "Cause that's the cover story for AIDS, or that's how they addressed it back then." And it's just, it's not. If you don't know, you don't. You wouldn't think about it, like. How many people watch this and it didn't register to would be a good question.
4: Yeah, there was it was very subtle in a way. It was very they didn't come out and say it, it just they they said they're, you know, technically pneumonia and all that kind of stuff. And if you got it, you got it, and if you didn't, you didn't, type thing. It was pretty well done.
0: Uh yeah, I I, I just thought Bash, like to me, his his season arc was probably the best, but I just thought, big because of all that sort of stuff, where it's like, if you if you understood it, you understood it. If you didn't, you, you might you know might look it up and, and sort of might educate some people about stuff. And just the whole, yeah, there's still a lot of amb- ambiguity uh about him, and not just like the easy gay thing or not, but just his like what else is he dealing with as well. So, um plus he had that, it uh, uh, it was a real good scene, like. While the guys are inside, sort of bleaching and burning everything, like he's out out the back, sort of like crying because he's just devastated. So it was sort of a pretty um, a good scene for I I don't know the actor's name, but he, he did he did a good job in this season.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you guys feel that there was maybe a, a lack of cameos uh, in this season? Yes, compared to season one.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, we got two. Mm. Yep. We we got Chavo and Carlito. That is it, and the mm-hmm. strip club, if you know it, I guess.
3: Yeah, there you yeah. go, but um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm still disappointed that they haven't really reached out to the original, um, members of the actual TV show. I yeah. that would be really cool to have those ladies actually be on this show.
1: I mean, I feel like at the That's very least they could get Ivory to show up, like she's probably the most known and would fit well in that. Like it's, she's got the experience. She, she ended up in WWE, you know, I I don't know why that hasn't happened. And I don't know if it's because it's such a, like they're trying to avoid any real conflicts because of all the drama that surrounded that and all the relationships afterwards. I I just Mm -hmm. don't know what the thinking is there.
0: Yeah, it's I, I wonder if they if they have sort of weighed it up and they thought well, maybe like because it's not a um, it's not like a biopic in a sense it's not like the story of glow um, because it's completely fictional and it's uh, some some elements are sort of based in truth and things like that I wonder if they're trying to do that but they're not bringing in those ladies because uh, they want to maybe distance themselves in a sense, from from the show, because it's not—I don't know—maybe that could be a, a criticism of the show. Then, when you, if people watch it and think like, "Oh, yeah," but this didn't happen and that didn't happen, and they're just making things up. I don't know. Maybe it's
3: well. I mean, they can make stuff angle. up, but I think it would be—you know—I mean, the the show is obviously based on just the real show in general. Mm. You know, so I mean, it would be cool to just have—I don't know—at least. Maybe at least more nods to the actual show from the '80s. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, not that you have to change the story, because obviously, like, they're they're gonna they have to change the story to to create more drama. That's a given. But you know, I mean, it. I don't think see how it. I mean, unless it's gonna make like the actual relationships with. Um, with the people, if if that's gonna be like tested, then okay, fine, I get it. But I mean, other than that, I don't see how it would hurt or like why they would want to distance themselves necessarily.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, distance themselves might be not the might not be the right way to put it, but yeah, like I can separate see you, you them- never know. I think
1: separate themselves and stand alone may be more what it is rather than distance from it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's. Tri- but at the same time, you could easily have a couple of those women just appear as just even fans in the crowd or something. Just little yeah. nods to, you exactly. know, small interaction, you know.
3: Yeah, like you don't have to have them come in and be their character. Yeah. You know? Just, just we be, might, be on the show.
4: We might get yeah, more exactly. of that. We might get more of that if now that the uh, the third season's going to Vegas, we might get more of. Um, the Vegas storylines of what really happened while they were, you know, in Vegas. Um, but who knows, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it seems like at cool. this point, after two seasons, it's been a fairly conscious decision not to do it. So I don't know. I don't know if there'd be an expectation at this point that in season three they'd change it. Like they've had two seasons now to get them in and haven't. Yeah. You know, we, I think we had the same conversation after last season that hey, they didn't have anybody from the original show. Why? Mm-hmm. Maybe season two, and then season two. <laughs> now, you know, th- this one seems to be we're just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt a little too much. I, I wouldn't. I don't know that I expected at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they
3: should have done yeah, it I'm already. I'm not it's saying I expect that. it, but yeah, no, they they should have done it. I think too. <laughs>
0: um. Another quick little note, I felt that this season did another terrific job with the music, uh, just all the, 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 you know, the 80s songs and, and all that kind of stuff. I just think, yeah, it, it helps immensely to have the right music in a, in any sort of uh, movie or TV show, but especially when it's kind of like, a, like a period set up like this one. I, I just think it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's becoming sort of one of the major major uh, What's a word like attractions of the show almost at this point? A bit like um, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. is sort of oh, what songs are they going to use next? So.
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic soundtrack all the way through. Mm. Yeah.
0: All right, well that leads us to the final episode, and of course the big wedding clusterfuck <laughs> and and the swerve and all this. And first You're of killing all, the Smalls. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we got cupcake <laughs> as the Sandlot kid. <laughs> yes. I was just like, oh, and he was perfect as just this like desperate loser. I was like, oh, I love you, Britannia. I just thought, oh, poor kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like 35 now, but you know, oh, like just, it's like, oh it was like just such a like tragic for for Britannia, but yeah, bash what? comes in and the money in the bank almost in a sense.
1: What's great is that the guy from Sandlot. So before I watched, the day I watched that final episode, I had seen on Facebook something like, he was walking down the street and some other guy had on a Sandlot shirt of him in the Lot and he said, hey, nice shirt. The guy had no idea who he was. And I'm oh. taking a photo and putting it on Instagram with the guy wearing his shirt, not realizing it was him.
3: Oh my God.
0: That's, that's amazing yeah. imagine that he's going to be I'll like, oh, watch this I'm going to make this guy's day hey nice shirt who are you
1: yeah
0: exactly
1: and then <laughs> and it was like can I get a picture with you in that shirt <laughs> yes. I
0: thought was great <laughs> but yeah um, as, as the man that's soon to uh, join the ranks of the married uh, Joshua how would you feel about how the whole wedding show went down <laughs> um can you see that happening? Maybe at, at your upcoming uh,
2: absolutely nuptials? none of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I liked it from the perspective of pro wrestling weddings. I thought they pretty much <laughs> nailed it as far as those go. Um, I I I didn't realize that they were just gonna roll right into like a Royal Rumble type of scenario and or a Battle Royal type of scenario. Excuse me, and, and kind of just that would be the remainder of the show. Uh, I. Liked how that turned out. It, it was a lot of fun. They did a good job telling that oh, story. Josh,
3: don't you want that at your wedding? Then come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting a battle royal at your wedding. That's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Wonderful. <Yeah. laughs> It'll follow nicely the bachelor party. Oh goodness!
3: Instead of instead of throwing the bouquet, that the the battle royal is for the bouquet, right?
2: Yes. Yeah
3: there you go figured it out <laughs> you can hire me for your wedding plan yeah
2: I, I, don't, I wasn't sure if we were going to do a bouquet thing so I guess I guess that's an okay alternative
0: Josh let's not pretend that this is up to you come on <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> why I'm not committing to anything
4: that. here
0: yeah exactly <laughs> just whatever she says just go yep <laughs> mm-hmm. that's how it works <laughs> um we we said that no not really any uh there weren't any um cameos but yeah we did get Carlito and chavo turning up which uh, that sort of really uh, not made the the last episode but i just thought that you know debbie says to, to chavo at one point oh you're ready to lose to a girl and he's like oh who cares i'm on tv yeah <laughs> he just he's just anything for the television yes. exposure so the,
2: the thing I really liked about that cameo was like calling the spots in the ring and like exposing all that, those elements and, you know, him getting ready to do his big flip and everything. He's just happy that, you know, he gets to have that exposure you're talking about. So like just all those little elements, I, I thought it was nice. It was, it was the things that I feel like was missing throughout most of the season was like the nods to pro wrestling and all that. Like it was kind of dialed back a bit. Um, but we got a we got a lot of that in that last episode, which I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I, I again I bash in that whole commentary for the match. They're just like, you know, it's just his commentary is amazing. They yes. have someone, it's and apparently just so a bad, lot of it's ad it's lib. So, it's so great. A lot yeah. of the commentary he does to... is
1: ad lib stuff.
0: You know, he just did a backflip like. <laughs> <What>? Like, was <laughs> just, just cracking up at that. Like, he's just such a, like literal commentator. Mm. um, Craig, how did you feel about that sort of whole swerve finish, in a sense?
4: Uh, I I thought it was great. Kind of where, kind of where Ruth comes out, and she's just kind of shocked by it, right? So she never expected. And the way Sam goes, the girls know you're, that you're coming. Just land on one foot and kick him out, type thing. Like. Just, I was, it was great. It was great. It was just a, a good, like, like we said earlier, it's make Sam into, make him into the face, you know what I mean? Make him seem like the good guy. And it. um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was great. The sword was great. The, um, everything with the wedding was hilarious in terms of like the battle Royal and, um, you know, everyone kind of being surprised that like there was so many, turns the
1: prizes in it. It was
4: great. It was kind of like one, one
1: after another. Yeah. I just, I I thought it was a fun, fun ending to the season. And it it wasn't, it wasn't what we expected. And, you know, I, as she was sitting there, as Ruth was sitting up in the booth in the Zoya that's how I'm like, she just can't let it go. She thinks it's the last one. <laughs> and then realizing that Sam had the plan the whole time, um, I thought was just great. And he's like, the girls already know. Just go and they'll do yeah. their thing. I was like, you know what? That That's all of them all season had been promoting how much Ruth mattered. And mm-hmm. they just brought that full circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she seems like she's the most invested person in the whole GLOW setup, even more than Sam. Like, she's the one, oh, oh, got to make it work and I've got ideas and, and things like that. Whereas, yeah, so it is sort of a good little moment for her. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, season three, well, I don't think they've announced it yet, but, oh, I mean, I'm sure they're going to do it. Uh, it looks like everyone's heading to Las Vegas, so what's next? <laughs> what's Just that one line from Sam where he's like, oh, you're going to hate it.
4: <laughs> and she got really, she smiled, and then she got really serious after, which was mm. a great way to end the season.
1: Yeah. It's looking like they still haven't renewed season three, and they had the, um, uh, prep, Netflix had a press panel today, actually, and they still haven't announced it. And you'd think mm. that they would have been doing that right around now so i don't know if there's contract stuff or what's going on but
0: i wonder if it's a case of like <coughs> if, you know if we announce it if we announce it now and it's not on until what april or june or something <clears throat> is that sort of a like hey this is happening oh yeah but like it's so far away whereas if you sort of announce it in january or february and it's like oh yeah it's a few months like maybe that's sort of a
1: that doesn't yeah, seem like a. Sta- I know Netflix isn't standard TV, but usually when you have a hit show like that, you announce it, you know, pretty quickly after the previous season. Like even with like some of the, like the Daredevil and Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. stuff, they announced that the next season's coming, you know, year and a half, two years before it comes, and then all of a sudden you'll get a trailer that says, "Hey, eh, next month we're coming out with it." Yeah.
0: Like, Tomorrow.
1: <laughs> like they just dropped the uh, new Iron Fist trailer and it's yeah. coming out next month.
0: Yeah, like, I saw that. I didn't even realize they were doing another one. I was like, oh, this is happening. Oh, okay. And my reaction
1: was, oh, shit, another one I got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
3: think like I remember even for Glow, I I feel like the announcement that it that the season was going to air came like a month or two months before it. Like it, it was, it definitely came up really quickly and it was very surprising. I was like, oh, right, that's happening. Um, yeah. Thanks well, that, thanks for letting us know.
0: That promo where they're all sort of dancing in the locker room to that maniac song, and then Sam sort of comes in, like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. And then it was like, yeah, it glows on next month. Oh, great. So I can just, ta da. So, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. uh, very inter- interested to see how. Like with that batch of characters, how they handle Vegas, like that's going to be uh, Sam in particular. I think that's going to be a very uh, slippery slope in a sense. So, yeah.
3: Did the actual uh, show in the eighties? Did that go to Vegas at some point?
1: I thought it always was in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I think it.
3: Okay. It,
2: it yeah. started right. at the casino and then moved to like a studio warehouse thing. I think kind of backwards.
4: Oh.
3: Uh, all right all
4: right cool i think that the addition in season three of um i forget the guy's name on the show that uh owns the casino the guy that oh the horatio club. sands yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he,
1: the, the strip club owner.
4: he's gonna be like horatio sands is hilarious so he's gonna add i think him and sam are gonna play off each other in that um owner slash producer type um uh roles which i think it'll be hilarious to watch for for next season they'll have some good lines in that
0: yeah that should be fun oh. yeah
2: <laughs> likely uh likely a fair bit of conflict as it goes on i imagine uh mm. i i see more potential for conflict there than i do with sam and bash for example because i know like with the leadership of the oh, show yeah. there was a lot in the original glow and i feel
0: like they're going down that road
3: oh yeah I and...
0: sam and bash are pretty much like a, a... Yeah, like a combined front. I think at this point,
3: they've already they've already kind of um, like that conflict happened, both season one and season two. So they have to add yeah. something new, you know. It, it, so
1: totally random, but I just realized that I was kind of looking at uh, where the old glow was filmed and stuff, and I came across that the Chavo Guerrero cameo actually has even added depth because. His uncle, Mondo Guerrero, was the one who was the trainer of the original Glowcast, like in the 80s. Oh,
4: interesting.
3: Yeah, he that's trained cool. all the girls, and yeah,
4: yeah pretty neat. And then Chavo's the one that trained all the girls for this show.
3: Yep.
0: Isn't yeah. mm. Isn't there Jim, isn't there, isn't there the Guerrero Jim, or the Chavo? There's yeah, something the, the that's...
2: Chavo thing in the background. There is that yeah. Easter egg. Yeah, um, yeah Chavo showed up on, I think, both Jericho and Austin's podcasts. Um, and those are those have both been pretty good listens talking about glow stuff
0: mm. Mm. cool uh right well before we sort of get out of here is there any other anything we've missed anything else that anyone wants to bring up about season 2
4: i loved i loved that sheila and the goat skit i just i <laughs> was, I was dying laughing it's so ridiculous
0: <laughs> that was hilarious yeah It just got worse and worse and worse. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. (laughs) The fake goat leg, like trying to touch her boobs, was so awesome. It was so dumb.
0: (laughs) That reminded me of, um, I don't know, you guys probably aren't aware of it, but there was a show here called Skippy uh, years and years ago Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. And it's like, (laughs) if you imagine, wow, like that's what it was called. If you imagine, like, Flipper. But it was a kangaroo. It was like, you know, the, or uh, like Rin Tin Tin or those kinds of the little hobo, that kind of show. No. And, and yeah, Skippy was the, the kangaroo that they'd all, you know, oh, no, there's a fire. And, you know, Skippy would save the day. Um, but it wasn't, all these a, lovely... it wasn't
3: about a drop bear. There weren't any shows about drop bears.
0: Oh, spoilers. Come on. I want oh, give it away. Damn know. it. <laughs>
3: Sorry. I, I um, forgot to say but, I've seen every episode.
0: But <laughs> all the little um, all the little insert shots of, like, Skippy having to do something with his hands are just these, like, just little <laughs> stick hands like that. Like, oh, he's got to undo the latch to open the door. It's just, like, <laughs> this little, like, fake <laughs> hands. Just thought, yeah, some guy's just got these two, like, dead kangaroo hands and it's just opening things and uh, pu- pushing pushing levers. And, oh, uh, yeah, it was exactly like that, that goat sketch. So, yeah, not one of the best... Um, australian shows but anyway there's no hemsworths in it oh that's uh, a shame. that's a shame. that we know that i know of anyway they, who knows they might be like great granddad hemsworth or something because <laughs> it's the show's old as fuck it's older than me um all righty well anyone let, again we don't do winners of the week really on the show but um it's it's glow and it's wrestling so i figured we might might as well um craig you're our our sort of rookie for, <laughs> for right. this show? Do you want to uh, do you want to pick a, a winner of the week or your, I don't know what we could call it, your favorite glow person? Winner of the
1: season. Jeez, it's not that hard, right? Yeah, the winner
4: of the season? I would say my favorite was Bash. I thought his character arc and everything that was going on with him was great. Now he came up with the idea of like doing the Muppets in, uh, thing and doing kind of like the mic what's it called? Uh, uh, I forget what they called it, but kind of to get their sales with the videos and stuff I thought it was it was really smart he had it he had great swings in his character this season so I liked him a lot
0: who's gonna get an next Jared
1: I'm going with Sam I love Sam this season I thought he did a great job
3: all right uh Flo how about you um, I'm just going to say Ruth. I mean, I've said, I said this like 20 minutes ago, but she's so weird and awkward and I, I love her a lot and, um, she's a good character and I think her, like she, she really kind of kept everything together. She's like the glue that holds everyone together. So, um, there you go. She's, and she makes good decisions. There you go. Yes.
4: Right. Sometimes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Most of
3: the time. Yeah.
0: Uh, and Josh.
2: I don't know the you guys went through the the three potential that i probably would have picked I, I don't know if there is another one that really stands out to me to be
0: honest the, the tv executive guy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like that's
2: there's that's there's more reason i, I would have picked ruth it was because of stuff like that
0: yeah yeah you can pick ruth Why not? yeah, I'm good. yeah.
2: Up. if we're gonna double up i pick ruth yeah
0: yeah Cool. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll double up as well. I'll go with Craig and, and uh, give my vote to Bash. I just thought, yeah, he was the star of the, the, the this, this season. Um, besides the sort of the big three of uh, Debbie and Ruth and, and Sam, I think they've done a lot with his character. So.
4: Yeah. Does, that, does that make Bash the Commonwealth champion?
0: Ooh, he right. could be. There you go. That's right. Our <laughs> com- that's right. Our new tag team, the Commonwealth, <laughs> coming soon. That's a good one. The new Commonwealth Bash champion. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right, well, we better get out of here. So follow us all on Twitter, and you can start uh, with our show, which is uh, at unfunnyntangent. I am at Greg T13. Jared is at Superju75. Flo is at Glitbiter, and Craig is at WWE Chef. uh, and don't forget, sprung. He is at Save Vicky.
1: But as always,
0: <laughs> all roads lead to at the Steel Cage and the thesteelcageshop.com is where you can find all of your favourite Steel Cage Network T-shirts, including our unfunny Nerd Tangent Mon Milfma shirt. And at unfunnynerdtangent.com, you can follow along and and uh, check out my 40 for 40 series, counting down the weeks until I myself turn 40. The latest article is a review of the Karate Kid, which Josh I know is a movie that's uh, one of your personal favourites as well. But uh, Glow, any plugs for Glitbiter or what's happening on your with your music scene?
3: Um, I might have a new music thing coming out soon in the next couple months, so uh, I don't know. Keep an eye out. <laughs> And awesome. I don't know. I'm also playing a few shows here and there. So if you're in the if you're in the neighborhood of that, which is like Los Angeles, there you go. Who knows? Cool. But none of <laughs> you guys are here, so.
0: No. I'm yes. <laughs> I'm about as far away as possible. So yes. yeah. You're just gonna
1: pop in for a show one best. time unannounced.
0: Yeah, I'll just jump on my private jet and zip over. Hey, yeah. there yeah.
3: you go. There you go. Cool.
0: <laughs> Start a GoFundMe or whatever it is. <laughs> the Greek jet. Um, Craig, thanks for coming on to again to our terrible show. Thanks for uh, having. I think we we're going to get you back for our uh, our review of Westworld season two yeah. when we can't when wait. we eventually get to that.
4: Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Yeah,
0: lots lots and lots to talk about on that show for sure. Uh, but until yeah. then, that's it for episode fifty four of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. So until next time, for Jared and Josh and Craig and Flo, my name is Craig. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, kids, perverts are people too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Hey, it's better than a (laughs) laugh. There are still drugs in the fucking robot. This is Studio 44. Oh, excuse me. Episode 40, 54. I oh, fucked that up altogether. Did I say 44?
1: Yeah, you, you were all over the place.
0: Uh, I am sick, so... Give me a break. <laughs> uh, Alright, sorry guys. I've got the drop bear flu.
3: Oh, Shit. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing Unfunny
0: nerd
4: tangent